From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you are going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back, friends, to the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle. My name is Kevin Wilson. I've got Kyle Winslow here in the Thinking Out Loud studios. We are super excited that you've joined us again for another episode of the podcast. And we actually have a special guest with us today. We're going to talk about youth ministry, all things youth ministry. And we're excited about that. We've got a special guest. His name is Cody Wenzel. He is the youth and associate pastor at Life Church in Leesburg, Georgia. Welcome, Cody, to the podcast. Oh, hello, y'all. Yeah, awesome. And we're super excited to have him. And so if many of you know, if you know me personally or you see things that I've written on blogs or anything like that, you know that youth and young adults are very near and dear to my heart. And what you may not know is my co-host, Kyle, he has also been in youth ministry for many years and just has a wealth of knowledge in this area. And, you know, when we think about youth and we think about, you know, the future of our nation, the future of our nation is extremely important. Um, And our our youth is a huge part of that. And so it's, it's important that we, you know, focus on our youth, that our youth are, are trained well, and that they're they're that we speak into their lives. And, and that's, that's super important. And so I wanted Cody to come on to the podcast today. He's also been in youth ministry for a few years, and he also has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to youth and young adults. And so guys, let's just, let's just have an open, honest, raw discussion about youth ministry, uh, the state of youth in America, kind of where we are just as a society. And so when I look at youth ministry, I will tell you, it is probably the one of the most challenging ministries that you can be a, a, a over as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Senior pastor, you know, that's a tough job. But dealing with today's youth and all of the things that come against them, all of the things that they have to face, it's tough. And so my hat goes out to every youth pastor out there that is in the grind and you are, you know, you are raising a generation of students to be awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's something that I just want to say thank you for what you do um, and everything we talk about here today. I, I We know that there are some youth pastors out there that are killing it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter Absolutely. how big your youth ministry is or how small your youth ministry is. What matters is that you are raising this next generation. And so. But guys, you know, talk to me about youth ministry in America. Um, when you look at kind of the current models of what we're, what we are seeing uh, across America for youth ministries, would you say that it's working? Are we being effective? What, what does that look like to you guys? 
Uh, I mean, you look at youth in America or just youth as you know it, right? Uh, in a youth group. And one of the things I've always heard as a youth pastor, and it was true to what I was experiencing, was youth, the culture of youth is constantly evolving. I think that's what makes it so hard for youth pastors is because we have to constantly evolve in the way that we communicate, in the way that we build relationships. We have to make sure that we're constantly educating ourselves and relearning how to do certain things that we've mastered previously uh, just because of that. I think that for me, the models that seem like they've, they are working are models that stick. And what, mm-hmm. I, what I mean by that is it's fine that youth culture is evolving and it's fine that you have to evolve in certain ways, but don't, don't, the one thing I had to learn is not let an evolving culture cause my youth culture to evolve. My youth culture had to stick inside of youth ministry so that it could be built upon layer by layer and, you know, build that foundation of youth ministry. So it's kind of a broad question as far as like current models that we're seeing. I think the models that we're seeing that are working are models that have been tried and true and they're the belief of that model is through the actual youth pastor and the leaders that are. So the ownership is there with the youth pastors and youth leaders. Uh, Mm -hmm. The models that don't work. Mm -hmm. I've been a part of both the models that I've experienced that don't work are models where the youth pastor and the youth leaders haven't developed their own, their own ownership over that model. Um, So Cody, you can go ahead and. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, You can't just take something that someone has developed for their ministry or their, their kind of culture, their group and place it into your ministry and think it's just going to run and do what they're doing. It's not a cookie cutter. You know, it's not going to work for everybody. And um, I'm the same way for me. I like certain things and I'll see it and I'll say, Hey, how can this reach our kids or how can this be effective for our youth ministry? And sometimes it just, it don't, it don't work for my kids. They're just a different type, a different breed, uh, especially down here from coming from Michigan to South Georgia. Man, there's a lot of country boys down here. Um, it was different. It was a, sh- a shock, you know. Um, it, n- not everything transitioned the way I thought it would. And um, I-, I think we get caught up, though, in trying to mimic or copy big ministries. Yes. Because it, it works for them, so it's going to work for me. And then we get frustrated that it doesn't work. So I agree with you what you were saying, Kyle. Like You, you definitely have to take ownership of it, and you got to sit it down and grab it piece by piece and see what you can change or, or maybe even evolve for your, your ministry. So let's, so let's take it like this. So if I'm a youth pastor and I'm looking for a model that's going to fit for my youth ministry because mm-hmm. that's basically through the seven, eight years that I was involved in youth ministry, that's what I was doing. It, it was either rebuilding a youth ministry that was already there or building from the ground up something that wasn't there yet. And I think if this would have happened when I was a youth pastor, I'd probably been been using this in youth leadership methods, but we have to be careful not to do the Patriot effect. And if you know what I'm talking about, if you're a Detroit Lions fan in the Detroit area, you're going to understand this. We can't. (laughs) We can't. Do we really have to bring them up? Unfortunately, (laughs) it's a part of who we are. This this isn't even in this isn't even in my show notes, but this is just (laughs) you can't take what worked for the New England New England Patriots 
And you can't mm-hmm. take a general manager and move it to Detroit. You can't take a coach and move him to Detroit and say, okay, now give us what Bill Belichick gave them. Well, right. First of all, they're not Bill Belichick. There's not a Tom Brady here. And these football players are different than those football players. Yeah. And the one thing I really had to learn was if I'm going to create a culture or if I'm going to build a model in my youth ministry, I better find out the history and the context of where these kids are coming from in this community, because that's got to flow. I can't ask, I can't pull them out of their community for an hour and a half and a night and give them something completely out of touch with their daily lives. And so I think Cody, when you're saying like, we can't just take big ministry stuff and bring them into you, you can have big ministry dreams and you can take, you know, like you said, nuggets, like we call them golden nuggets, take those golden nuggets but find a way that that golden nugget is going to work in your youth ministry. Yeah. And if it doesn't, that's okay. But you got to find what's going to work. And that's the models that I think are sticking. And I think the reason they're sticking is because if you can find something that works, you're going to buy into it. Your youth leaders are going to buy into it. Your students are going to buy into it. And then your students are going to run it. No, yeah, I, I agree. On you know I'm saying um, my, my thing is, is I don't want to bring in something that's going to either when I implement it, it's going to change my, my dream and my vision. Um, you know, like you were saying, when you get, when I've been starting here, it was starting with three students the first year we were here and I had to build that foundation. And a lot of my kids are young, 13 to 15 years old right now. And my thing is I got to teach them, you know, scripture. I got to teach them the Bible stories. Uh, they weren't church. They haven't been churched. Uh, the only church they get is on Wednesday nights. Their parents don't come on Sunday mornings. And I couldn't just go on to all these resources that um, that people hand you that are free. Like, hey, go on a sermon here, get a sermon there. I look at it, I'm like, that's too deep for them. That That's not going to work. Or small groups isn't where they're at or comfortable right now. Because if we do that, it's going to change what I'm kind of going with and where I'm kind of seeing this vision. Um, because my culture is I want to see kids, you know how it is, I want to see kids worship and I want to see kids leading this. I want them praying for each other and just to keep switching up because something's working for someone, you're going to lose what you already started. And I I believe a lot of youth ministries are quick and adaptive and keep shifting. And that's why students are just feeling like they're, they're missing or they're not hitting the mark is because things are so much are changing so fast because we want to be the best youth group. We want to be the hippest youth group. We want to be where kids are going. And I feel like sometimes we sacrifice what our culture or what our, our dream and vision for this generation is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I think, and so I want to just go back to something that you guys said, and you were saying that you feel like, you know, some youth pastors really kind of, they look at the bigger models or they look like they look at the real successful ministries and like, Hey, I want to pattern myself after them. Yeah. And I have said this many times. You're probably going to hear me say this more times on the show is that, you know, we, so as Christians, we are creators, right? We, we have literally the creator living inside of us. And I think where we fail sometimes is when we see somebody else doing something and that model looks good, we feel like that we can just keep copying that and somehow it's going to work everywhere right? You, that doesn't even work on a regular copy, right? If you take a copy and then you start copying that copy and then you take that copy and you keep copying it at some point, 
it's just going to fade and you're going to have mm-hmm. nothing. Right. Yeah. And point. it's not going to even look like the original. And so it's super important for us to understand what is God saying to me about this particular region, this particular area, yeah. this particular group of kids, because what another ministry may be doing and God bless all the gr- big ministries. Right. So yeah. we've got the Craig Rochelle's and the Stephen Furtick's and, the, you know, all of these other big mm-hmm. ministries. But what if God is saying, I don't want you to do that because that's what works there. I want you to do something original and I want you to start a trend, right? Because the only way you can start another trend is to not be like somebody else. The The only way that you can start a movement that nobody else has started is not to start a movement that somebody else started, right? So I think it's important for us as as leaders. And I, I think this goes beyond youth pastors. I think this goes oh, yeah. to senior pastors, church planners. Uh, anybody that's in ministry and being innovative, even on this podcast, my desire is not to just do what everyone else does with podcasts. My desire is to do what I feel like God's called me to do because of that creative power that is in me because the creator lives in me, which means I have the ability to create things that maybe are not there yet, right? Or to invent something. No, yeah, I, like me and Kyle talk about this a lot, but like there's times where I walk into church and it's like word for word from, you know, Elevation or uh, River Valley. It's just like everything's word for word. And it's like, I get that you kind of like their implementation, their process, their what they call their teams. But you still, like you said, it's, it's higher than youth ministry. You still have to bring that back and dissect, dissect it and say, hey, what's going to work here? Why does that work there so well? Oh, because they have this team. Okay, so how can we get that team? Don't just take it, but like I've been saying, you got to put your own dreams, vision, and your community into the mix and say, what do they, what can they get out of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or, you know, and I agree to you. It starts from the top because there's a lot of pastors and youth pastors go to training and the pastor's just taking word for word notes and he's bringing it back and it's, there's, there's nothing different. And you're right. just sitting there like, how does that fit us? That's not us. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. us trying to become them. That's and right. I, I think we get lost in that as churches right now. And youth pastors are just seeing it from top top up. Yeah. Like, hey, if they're doing that, maybe I need to do that. And yeah. for me, I love all the things that people do, but how can I shift this and change this for my group? You yeah. know, not everything is going to stick to the wall. Yeah. Yeah, I think... You said from the top up, it, it struck a chord with me because I think that we talk about models. Kevin, you asked the question, you know, what models do you guys see that are working? I've I've had to be real careful on associating a successful model with numbers or a successful model with specific things that are happening in a youth ministry. When you can find a youth ministry that has relationships that are gonna last a lifetime. When you can find a youth ministry that has the tier of, yeah, he's got the youth pastor and the wife, but you've got the leaders, you've got the students, you've got the student leaders. When you can see like the inner workings, I don't know that there's a specific model is what I'm trying to say. What I do know is that there needs to be relationships involved in that youth ministry. There needs to be life altering relationships. People need people. And then I do believe that there needs to be a form of delegation. So you're not looking at the youth pastor as the guy that's out there putting out all the fires, but he's able to develop those relationships 
because he has handed off, and this is not easy. I had to learn this the hard way. I've had to fall on my face a thousand times before someone literally just told me, mm. delegate. Mm-hmm. And when you delegate, understand yeah. that you're delegating to somebody that isn't like you. So it's not going to look the way you want it to look. That's good. But if you're going to trust them with it, trust that they're going to make it look the way the youth ministry needs it to look. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the hard truth is you may be the youth pastor, but you don't have all the answers. That's and right. That's why you have leaders. It's why you have students in roles. And so w- when Cody said from the top down, I've experienced both sides of no training to there was a high investment into my youth ministry and there was a high amount of training into me as a, a pastor, a leader that I could translate into youth ministry. And I'm not saying that this is the cause for it, but then there was, there's also reasons why parts of my ministry grew and parts didn't grow. And Mm -hmm. I think that if we can get from the top down the proper training, because here's the deal. We're talking about youth ministry models, but ultimately we're talking about church culture. Yep. I'm a firm believer that whatever your youth ministry model is, it needs to back whatever the church is saying on a Sunday morning and whatever Mm -hmm. the church's culture is on a Sunday morning. It needs to flow from bottom to top, top to bottom. I think that is health in a church, and I think that is going to cause a continuity inside of a church that's strong enough to withhold any, you know, withstand anything. And so... It, there needs to be where the youth pastor is unordinarily in tune with God. Like he, he needs right. that creativity from God, mm-hmm. but there also needs to be a sense of guidance from the top that's, that says, listen, I'm going to trust you with your youth ministry, but I'm also going to teach you and I'm going to give you these resources and I'm going to show you things that mm-hmm. you can do better with your youth leaders. That's going to translate into the students. Right. And, and I do think that there's, I've seen it. I've experienced that there is a gap. It's either there's some of that or there's none of that in churches. Yeah. And I yeah. think again, that's why we, we correlate models with numbers is because I think the numbers float, you know, if they got higher numbers, it's floating more towards the side of there's training involved. There's investment involved. Um, there's care involved from the top down. And when you see the lesser numbers, usually, there's a disconnect there. However, I want to I want to iterate reiterate the numbers don't necessarily always mean that the the process and that the the you know the model is successful either. So I guess if you're a youth pastor listening to what I just said, I, that's a lot of word vomit. But your <laughs> model, find out what is going to affect your students and what is going to create the positive change and and what it is exactly that your church and you want for your teenagers, and that's your model. You you need to use resources, and you need to see how other churches are doing things because it shouldn't be as hard as it is to figure out what your model is. But just because somebody's model doesn't work for you doesn't mean you're failing. It just means you have to find what works for your culture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you guys are, are talking a lot about models, success, what that looks like. So Tell me in your words, what, and and I'll go to you, Cody, first. Tell me what does a successful youth group look like? So, because we have all kinds of things. Some people say it's numbers. Some people say it's, you know, um, how good the the pastor is or how many of them are getting saved. Whatever the case, there's all kinds of reasons why people say things are, are successful. But what does a successful youth group look like to you? 
for me, it's, it's, you know, I could say I don't run after numbers, but we all be lying if we say that. Um, but for me, success right. is, is honestly my vision for successful ministry is my, my students being who they're called to be. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you got a, a passion to, to lead worship, you know, that's you trying to get involved. That, that's, that's you spending time with God and, and, and owning that skill and, and taking a step out and, and worshiping and leading that on Wednesday night. I like to see, for me, successful is where I could take a step back and it still moves. It's a well-oiled machine. My students know, hey, you need, you need help with this? I'm going to talk to you about this. Here's what the scripture says. Here's what, what we know that God says. And for me, it's just when I can take a step back and see my students running this ministry um, mm-hmm. in a way of contacting kids, in a way of in their schools having a campus ministry that they, they are a part of and that they're not afraid to stand up for God. Um, I believe right now in this time, it, it's hard on them. You know, they want to be a Christian. They, they want to follow Jesus. But when they get around those people, they kind of hold themselves back. But I don't want that. I want them to be able to to be a Stephen, to stand up no matter what happens and to to preach the gospel. Yeah. And that's my thing where they don't have to rely on me no more, yep. but they are going out there and they're being disciples. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm all cool for numbers, but you can get lost in numbers. And there's kids that are hurting in a youth ministry that you don't know, but your students do. And yes. they don't know how to help that person. Yes. So I want to equip them to be able to reach people where they're at. Um, you know, I want to be Jesus with skin on it. What's that look like? Okay, here it is. Loving those mm-hmm. people. Love on them. Show mm-hmm. them the light. Show them who, who who Jesus is, but don't beat them over the head like society does all the time. Right. But, but love them like Jesus did. And that's what I, I, I see successful is my, my teenagers just stepping up and taking this Bible and applying it to their life daily. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's successful for me where I honestly, um, you know, we're our youth group right now, we're, we're moving that direction, but, um, I just want to see them free, man. I want to see them able to, to worship, able to pray no matter who's there friend wise and that they're just a, a contagious person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If that makes sense. I know I said a lot in there, but no, uh, <laughs> it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think when you said free, I mean, free is, is one of the key words I've strategy is important for a successful youth ministry. You, you've got to have strategy. You've got to have processes. So, Salvation is a big deal. It's always going to be a big deal. It's going to be the biggest deal. And so when we're, when we're in youth ministry, we're in youth ministry because we want to reach the lost teenagers, you know, young adults, things like that. But you got to be able to have a freedom in youth ministry where you have a bunch of strategy and there's processes because you want that follow up and you want to be able to harvest, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But the freedom allows the spirit to move in a way that you can't. Mm-hmm. And I think, so when you say freedom, Cody, that, that really is a highlight of youth ministry is I think with teenagers, you can have freedom. They, they want that freedom Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's strategized and you can, you know, you can form it into something successful, but I think when I look at youth ministry and a successful youth ministry, again, this is all stuff that I've had to learn too. Um, no longer in it. I can look back now and, and really kind of reflect on it. But leadership is 
And I'm not talking about young adults being leaders or adults being leaders. I'm talking about leadership in the youth ministry. <laughs> I'm talking, you can tell a student and a student who has taken ownership over his youth ministry. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's success in the youth ministry. Yep. When right. a student, when a student is no longer allowing a, an adult leader yeah. to do that job or to be that person, but they're going and they're being that person, that's success. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, clarity. When you can preach something from the pulpit and it's, and it's also applied outside of the youth ministry, that's clarity. When you can take the structure of the youth ministry down and you see students, leaders, yourself as a family man, living, doing, breathing exactly what you've preached, that's a successful youth ministry. Uh, Growth in the youth ministry is healthy. And I think that, like Cody said, you know, we all say we don't aspire for numbers. We do. We we have a number that we want to reach because if you're truly caring about your community, you know how many kids are in your high school. Yeah. You know how many kids are in your middle schools. You know how many kids are homeschooled. You should know at least a roundabout number of that. And you should be checking, how can I, if not bring them inside of this youth ministry, how can the youth ministry go outside and affect these kids in a positive way? I mean, honestly, your community should be your youth ministry. And so when you look at a youth ministry, those are the things. Leadership from, from within and then application outside of it. How is a youth ministry just, it's not just a Wednesday night, Sunday morning thing. And it's not just inclusive to themselves, right? Where mm-hmm. even if we do something in the community, we're doing it with the 40 kids that signed up. Oh, how do those 40 kids reach another 40 kids while you're out doing whatever you're doing? And so how is the youth ministry incorporating the community? And I mm-hmm. think that's a successful youth ministry. I think that when they understand that, that that youth ministry is there for their health, but it's not there for them in particular, just them, then I think you're going to have a healthy youth ministry because now there's an ownership for the rest of the community through that youth ministry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, you know, when you have a student, not to keep going on, but when you have a student um, who catches it and who gets it and they bring that to their friends, mm-hmm. it's it's a way better pitch than a 30-year-old man trying to convince a teenager that they need Jesus. Right. <laughs> there's a difference. Yes. Um, you know, and that, that's where I'm at is there's a lot of ministries where kids are just, just left out. They're not athletic. They're, they're not a part of the group. And I love that our youth group isn't like that. Um, mm-hmm. Our kids are getting it. Our kids are understanding that when there's someone new, that's not Pastor Cody's job. That's not our leader's job, but that's my job to connect them, to sit with them, to show them around, to to show them who Jesus is and, and how, how we kind of allow service to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it hits deeper than me doing it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's just Pastor Cody. That's just Pastor Cody. He, you know, it's his job. Okay. Well, guess what? <laughs> It's their lifestyle. It's who they are. Right. Um, but I think that's more more powerful, from yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I uh, mean, they, they, they got to trust you before they trust your Jesus. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I like that. That was good. Ways, well, one of the best ways to do that is, you know, your students taking ownership over that. And uh, for a youth pastor listening, it, it took I felt like I was beating my head against the wall for months just because kids are awkward. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. When when you go up to kids, you're like, hey, can you go? There's someone new just, you didn't notice it, but someone new just walked in the door. And, you know, can you go say hi to them? 
And it, you feel like you're like pushing them in front of an oncoming train just to ask them to go say hi right. to somebody. But, right. but again, this is one of those things where the model's got to stick. And so yeah. there's going to come a point in time where you're done beating your head over the wall and you're going to realize you're no longer coming off the stage from doing sound check or something to go say hi to a new kid. But you notice there's a new kid because there's four or five kids around them introducing right. themselves to them. Right. And, and it, it, it's, it's awesome to see. But again, that's, that's gotta be part, that's gotta be part of your model that sticks, no matter how, how the culture evolves. You know, that whole ownership thing is a huge deal with youth ministries. And it's going to take some time for some of these things to happen with ownership. Some will happen faster than others, but there are, and if you're listening, write down some key things that you think you would love for your students to take ownership for, mm-hmm. be an example of that, help get kids in that, and then just be patient with it and watch as you let that strategy happen, but the freedom of the spirit to move. And I promise you that there's going to be kids that fall in place with that. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that our youth are facing? I know that's a very broad question. Uh, cause social. Yes. Mm. Social. I mean, that's a broad brush. Yeah. Half the battle that I've at least experienced is a social battle. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, it can go, it could go a hundred different directions, but it, and youth ministry, my, my youth pastor used to joke, if I put a hundred kids in a room today, uh, without a phone, you guys wouldn't know what to do. That, that is the truth. I mean, now it, it is. I yes, used to, I is. used to be, I used to be like, that ain't, that ain't true. That ain't. But that is the truth. And half the battle is kids. It's not that kids don't fit in. It's not that at all. I just don't know. I don't know that they know how to mesh. And so one of the biggest challenges for me, social. I, I do believe it's social <laughs> um, because they have that, that FOMO, fear of missing out. Dude, social uh, media changes 24-7. You know, you got these, these new apps that if you don't know about and you're not diving into 24-7, learning how to be funny, learning how to, learning how to make videos, then you're going to miss out on communication. Well, the problem is that you're so glued to that phone that you're missing out on communication. So when you are in a room with kids, you're just like, okay, how do I, how do I talk? Let me just send a text to them. No, no. How about you pick the phone up, call them. But social is, there's a lot of social awkwardness in, in youth ministries these days. Um, I think some of the other biggest challenges that, that youth are facing right now is just authentic relationships. Um, if I can be honest, yeah. just someone who who's not there to get something from them or to to maybe use them for for a moment, but someone who actually cares for them. Um, it's 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 hard. A lot of these kids have so many emotional issues right now in our youth group. Oh, they were friends with me last week, but now they just don't want to talk to me because I wasn't at that birthday party or I didn't show up to, to this. And it's just like, why does that determine our friendship? Why mm-hmm. does it determine the love that I show you? Mm. And there's just a lot of emotional issues that they're facing and they're dealing with, you know, in the schools down here, they have up how many counselors they have because mm. these kids are dealing with anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depression, and it all evolves around their their community in their school the the clicks the uh, status quo and it's just they're dealing with a lot of stuff and i just feel like they're missing that really like relationship 
Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we break that? Because probably one of the the things that crushed me the most was I thought in my recent youth ministry I thought we were doing very well with relationships. Yeah. And then I heard a student, I heard a leader say, "Hey, I've been texting you. Why why aren't you texting me back?" And I I don't know if they just didn't know I was there or if they just didn't care, but they were like, "You only text me because Pastor Kyle wants you to." And I'm like, "Oh." Because <laughs> then I I realize I realize like that's a strategy we have. Yeah. But the student sees it as just a strategy, and that's a big, big problem. And so how do we I, – I know I'm not the only one that faces that problem. Nope. So how, how as a youth pastor – because you genuinely want relationships. You genuinely want your students to have relationships with students, have relationships with leaders. How do you fix that where, yeah, it's a strategy for follow-up, but this is genuine? Because I think the truth is that relationships in the home – they're they're not as good as we think they are. No. And so mm-hmm. when they come into youth ministry, we are trying to break down walls that we never built up. And yeah. if they see this as just a strategy, well, that's just more fuel in the fire for them to lay another brick on their wall. So how do we fix that? Um, honestly, I agree with you because they come into youth ministry looking for that that love they hear about or that hey, I'm gonna be there for you no matter what. And I believe that it starts with like you said with leadership that you got to understand that there's going to be times and nights where you're exhausted, but -hmm. you signed up for this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You signed up saying, you know what? I'm not just going to text because we're doing survivor. I'm not just going to text because we got this event coming up, but I'm going to take my time and my money sometimes, and I'm going to invest into this kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do all I can do. And um, that's where you're, you got to remind your leaders and yourself, can I be honest? Yeah. That we're, we can't get caught up with our everyday duties and responsibilities and neglect those that we promise we're going to be there for. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I heard Kyle say this before um, when his kid, you know, he said it about calendar. He said that this pastor has on his calendar an appointment at a certain time. Remember that you were talking about that, Kyle? Oh, yeah. And yeah. he made sure that no matter what he was doing, he dropped it at that time. And that appointment was spending time with his kids. Yeah, And I believe we have to do the same thing in our lives. Hey, I promised this kid that I was going to be here at this time. I got to do all I can do to, to be there because I feel like we're like, oh, he'll, he'll understand or they'll understand. But we got to be, honestly, we got to stand up and, and, and let our, our word have, have weight to it, have volume to it. I think, uh, so the, the example was that because uh, it was about a pastor who, yes. the church is always going to need something done. Yeah. The, the the congregation, the, the whole structure of the church is always going to need something. And it's easy uh, to put that in front of your family. And so I heard a pastor say, you know, his son's in middle school. He has four o'clock basketball games. He just put a four o'clock appointment. And that mm-hmm. was that was a way of him saying, no, I can't counsel this time. No, I can't do that. This is I have an appointment at this time. Yeah. I'm making family a priority. The same thing with youth ministry. A lot of our youth pastors are super, super talented in many facets. Yeah. And it's easy for us to forget that we are youth pastors and we're, you know, we're going to use our assets for the church. But at the same time, I do got to remember that student's birthday. Yeah. And I, I, and maybe I can't go to that, but one thing that really started to create growth and I'm just going to say the word growth. I know I, I felt like there's a lot of pressure under that, but 
the one thing that started that was not the youth pastor saying, I want to take you out for your birthday. It was someone else in the youth ministry, whether it's a student or a leader, finding out what that student liked and then getting them that for their birthday or, you know, just yeah. something simple like that again. But that that is value and that is validating that they matter in that youth ministry. That's one example of how to do that. But again, I think that relation or what students deal with in a youth ministry, I think youth pastors can preach from a pulpit. That's yeah. fine. But again, the relationships are going to fix a lot of that. The relationship with Jesus Christ is going to fix that. I mean, he's going to heal that situation, but people need people. And, and I think that we can preach until we go numb in the face, but it's all going to be out of touch, even if it's specifically on what that kid's dealing with, if there's no relationship there. Real quick, and then I'll let you guys continue. I heard, uh, I believe, Jeannie Mayo say this, and it, sh- it stuck with me for the rest of my life. Basically, she said, as a youth pastor, your job is to build a bridge from your heart to their heart. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we hope they let Jesus walk across that bridge. Yeah. Mm. I mean, mm. that, you can't force mm. Jesus on anybody. You can't yeah. force a healing. You can't force a breakthrough. But what you can be is a beacon for all of that. And what That's you right. can be is a bridge to all of that. And in the process, if you just happen to be a genuine, loving, good person, more, to, more power to you. I mean, that's what we should be. And so we should be a good friend and we should be a good role model and we should be a fantastic leader and a fantastic communicator of God's word. But we absolutely have to be that bridge to Jesus Christ. Mm. And, Mm. you know, I I, I said that because I deal with this, you know, Um, I just dealt with this last week. I'm doing something in in the sanctuary, um, you know, fixing projector screens, getting things working. And, um, you know, student tries to talk to me. I'm still doing that job at some point. That student's saying he, he's not really listening. He's not really caring about what I'm trying to get across to him. And, you know, it hit me last week, like, dude, I need to stop. Like, this student's trying to tell me something. And, yeah, the student knows I'm doing something, but they're trying to tell me something because they're looking for that relationship I promised that mm-hmm. I always have. And yeah. you know what? It hit me. I was like, I need to stop doing this. I need to pay attention over here. This right here can wait. Mm. But my spiritual child, which pastors use it all the time, you're my spiritual child. If that's true, then stop what you're doing because your child's hurting. They need your help. They need, they need your, your, your advice. And yeah. that hit me last week. You know, um, I got to be better at that. You know, um, that's something that I need to, to definitely, hey, put this in my calendar. Nothing's going to shake this. Nothing's going to change this because these students, they're hurting at home and they're looking for someone, anyone. And we wonder why certain social groups are growing uh, because they're giving them that attention and that love that they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been there youth pastors. If, if you're feeling that, Hey, I'm still working through it. And, and it's easier for the youth pastor to handle that on a scale of 20 kids opposed to 50. It's all going to look different, right? Yep. You're only one man. You're only one woman. So for, the typical youth pastor, you're only going to be able to personally reach so many. But that's why, like, right here, if I'm the youth pastor, right, Cody, Kevin, you're my youth leaders. As a youth pastor, I could probably reach, on a generous side, 50 people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's my max. 
So yeah. if I don't if I don't allow you, Cody and Kevin, to go and do things that I can't do, we're gonna stay at fifty. Right. But if I but if I allow Cody now to go and do what he's got to do to reach, there's a hundred, and then Kevin, there's a hundred and fifty. But but there has to be that clarity and that that structure in that youth ministry for that to happen. It can't just be a free for all. Okay, you have to know what I expect as a youth pastor. Kevin has to know what I expect as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. But in Kevin and Cody's own way, they can still implement those principles with their love and with their character and with their, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. I, and, and I think that's why it's important, again, for us to allow ownership in the youth ministry because I'm my type of person and I'm going to reach my type, right? Yeah. yeah. There, there are going to be, there were kids that did, they came to my youth ministry, they did not like talking to me. Mm, mm. They weren't there for me. As yeah. much as that surprise, they didn't care how I preached. They they particularly <laughs> didn't like how I looked. They didn't they didn't think they did not like me. But guess what? They found somebody in that youth ministry they liked, and because of that, they found Jesus. And mm. that is a powerful statement. Yes. yes. You now I like how you said that they didn't like you. I get that. Um I barely like you myself. Right. But I think, oh, I think I'm just kidding. Man. I George is only Come 13 on. hours away. I drive. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem. You know, you, you asked the question, what's the biggest challenge that youth are facing? Uh, my thing is, what's the biggest challenge youth pastors are facing? And that's leadership. That's help. That's, that's someone that's really going to be there because, you know, you get a lot of people like, Hey, I'll help you. And they'll show up, but they're not connected. They're not plugged in. And I feel, I know it's hard. It's hard for me to get, leaders i have my leaders and i love them but to get more um more help to to get people that understand that this generation needs them it's hard i think a lot of youth pastors we can be honest if you're listening right now getting quality leaders who are going to spend that time with those students it's hard to find yeah Um, yeah and those who who don't just want to show up but want to be someone that they can talk to, you know, uh, someone that they can, Hey, I get this. Pastor Cody is not that person, but the, I love fishing. I love hunting. Let me tell you something. I got here. Kyle can tell you, I didn't, I didn't like hunting. I didn't like fishing. What am I doing now? My, my daughter's he's, fishing he's, better than I am. He's trying to hunt and fish. <laughs> Look, I got some boots. There's a, on difference. Right now. <laughs> There's a difference in hunting and trying to hunt. But, <laughs> But I can't do it myself. And my leaders, um, like I said, everybody's got jobs and stuff. But if you had if you had a little bit more help, it would go a long way. But I think a lot of youth pastors, you know, when I got here, I had to find my own leaders. Like I was like, all right, how do you find someone and help develop them? How do you know that that's the right fit? And those are some things that I think youth pastors are dealing with is, mm. is getting their proper help, getting the, and the training. You go to training nowadays, not trying to keep rambling, but it's, it's smoke, lights, and mirrors. And you don't get, well, how did you get to that point? You know, what, what were some struggles you dealt with? How did you train your leaders? What, you know, what are things that were key in your leadership? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the things that you talked about? Like, hey, you know, when like social media, here's things that you should not do with students on social media. Like there's things that I think a lot of our leadership teams are missing. And I believe a lot of youth pastors and even pastors are missing how to find the leaders, how to find that needle in the haystack, mm-hmm. and then how to 
train them up and delegate because it's yeah. hard to delegate to someone that that is just now trying to understand it. You see what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And God, see, me that weird look. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just listening. <laughs> but this is all great stuff. Um, I think this is stuff that can help youth pastors, senior pastors, youth, all of that. And listen, here's what here's what I want to do. Cause I know everybody that's listening right now, you're like, we're in the middle of this, you're loving it. But here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have Cody back because we're gonna talk about this some more because we are just delving into just a little bit of this right now. But we're going to get into um, some stuff from parents point of view, uh, some statistics, some things, you know, because we want to flush this out really well. But listen, we thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. We thank you for coming and just listening every single week with us. And you can catch us and Kyle's going to tell you where you can catch us. You can catch us everywhere. We're embarrassingly hard to find, easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys, listen, you can catch us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook is the Thinking Out Loud podcast. Instagram, you can find us if you type in thinking underscore out loud podcast. And then on Twitter at thinking out loud. Like our page, follow us. Stay tuned on all those pages for videos. We're going to try to do as much as we can. We want to interact with you guys. So please go ahead again on Facebook, Thinking Out Loud podcast. Instagram thinking underscore out loud podcast and Twitter at thinking out loud. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening. Bye bye.